Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. I'm here with Sarah Huron. Hello, hello. Travis Cronin. Hey. Gwen Flamberg. Hello. And I'm your host, Brody Brown. You can listen on Spotify. Tune in on iTunes. Stream us however you choose to enjoy, dive into, or otherwise consume this podcast. This week, we decided we don't need to spend time talking about the splits announced at the end of last week that were a long time coming between Julianne Huff and Brooks Lake or Cassie Randolph and former Bachelor Colton Underwood. And of course, if you somehow missed the back and forth between Forbes Magazine and Kylie Jenner or the latest update on the Kylie-adjacent Scott Disick story or the confusing twist in the Britney Spears burning down Jim story or even the wild twist in the still going Tiger King tussle between Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic, you know you can always go to usmagazine.com for those. I don't even want to waste our time this week talking about Duck Dynasty's Phil Robertson revealing that he has a daughter from a past affair he had in the 70s that he didn't remember anything about, apparently, even though he's relevant to this dialogue this week because he once said in a 2013 interview with GQ that Black people were happy in pre-civil rights era Louisiana. You know, just in case you forgot what a model of judgment, intolerance, and hate he is. But no, this week for the podcast instead, we'll be putting our Us Weekly specific focus on the protests and activism that has exploded after the recent murders of Ahmaud Aubrey, Sean Reed, Tony McDade, Breonna Taylor, and of course the 8 minutes and 46 seconds a white police officer kept his knee on the neck of George Floyd, asphyxiating him and eventually killing him. We'll be using an Us Weekly lens as we talk about the fight for racial justice and some of the celebrities who are involved, the celebrities who have used their voices to support the Black Lives Matter movement, and also highlight police brutality. Those who have talked about confronting their own white privilege, dismantling white supremacy, and the need to uproot and address systemic racism that has plagued America for hundreds of years. If you don't know what systemic racism is or entails, Orange is a New Black Star and activist Laverne Cox shared a very helpful video on Instagram on Wednesday. We'll be talking about celebrities apologizing for their own racist remarks, celebrities not really getting what being an ally or advocate truly means or what even Blackout Tuesday meant, how white celebrities are talking to their children about the protests and Black Lives Matter, and we'll do the best we can as we are still working to fully recognize and confront our own privilege and become better allies and agents for change. Plus, we have a great interview with Real Housewives of Atlanta's Portia Williams in this podcast, who has been very active in protests in Atlanta, 
She's been sharing a bit about that on Instagram, even after she was in a crowd of peaceful protesters that got tear gassed. That's later on in the podcast. There's also, of course, a good deal we won't get into today, including that recently resurfaced clip from 2012 of Meghan Markle talking about her own experience with racism. Or Gwen, what the hell is going on with those beauty influencers creating I can't breathe makeup looks? That's on usmagazine.com slash stylist. But I know we're also featuring beauty brands supporting Black Lives Matter. But before we dive into all that, let's set some intentions. Baby girl, Sarah Huron, who is your intention for this week? I know we were going to talk about it later, but I would like to talk about Hannah Brown right now as part of my intention. In case you missed it, Hannah Brown, the former bachelorette, said, sang the N-word on Instagram two weeks ago, Instagram Live. She released like a very generic apology statement the following day and then took two weeks to come back. And she went live on Instagram Saturday night. I watched it and she owned her mistake, she told her followers to stop defending her, which I thought was really important and interesting for her to call out right away. She apologized and she shared a lot of resources about what she's been reading and learning. She has a quote unquote educator, which I thought was interesting and something that I never really thought about. And I would just like Hannah Brown to continue. I think that She has 3 million followers, mostly white young women like myself. And if she wants to, you know, right her wrong and move on and prove that she's an ally in a safe space and someone who's going to start a conversation, then this is the perfect time to do so. So I am hoping for the best. That's very interesting. And yeah, we were going to talk about it later. We can talk about it now because I thought it was interesting that Rachel Lindsay said that she expected things to go back to normal for Hannah and that she would not affect real change in her life. But that, of course, is some interesting insight because we know they had a conversation after that incident. And Hannah did try to go into detail this past weekend on Instagram, and she asked her fan base not to defend her, even if they were supporting her. Travis, who's your intention for? Well, we touched on a little bit, but mine is for Miss Meghan Markle. I'm stealing Gwen's intention today. (laughs) Yes. I just loved that the 2012 video about her talking about racism. It was for a campaign called I Won't Stand For Ellipses. And she talked about being biracial, having her mom had racial slurs thrown at her. And I think this one quote stood out to me. She said, I hope by the time that I have children, that people are even more open-minded on how things are changing and that having a mixed world is what it's all about. I mean, certainly it makes a lot more beautiful and a lot more interesting. And my intention is that she sort of piggybacks on herself and makes an Instagram video talking about her experience with racism, her support of the Black Lives Movement, and about teaching her son, you know, raising her son in the right way. And I think she could really turn people around back on her side who may not be. Yeah. Right? And it's also interesting because, you know, she, they've, Harry and Meghan have sort of been trying to plan their next move and they shut down their royal Instagram. They've been, you know, they've done some donating for coronavirus and volunteering and stuff, but they haven't really been vocal lately about anything as they're trying to figure out their next move. And this, you would think, would be a great opportunity for Meghan to kind of get back out there and use her voice again. I think it could be, yeah, I think it could be a hugely helpful tool for a lot of people. Gwen, who's your intention for? My intention is for Megan Thee Stallion, who I like to call Hot Girl Meg. I've, <laughs> I've been obsessed with her for the last few weeks because she is posting incredible pictures in very tiny bikinis, showing off her banging body, her amazing curves, 
She is so exemplary for and, and inspirational for all women, but I have fallen in love with her even more because she has been so vocal about pointing people in the direction of where you can support Black Lives Matter, how we can all understand what's happening and be a bigger part of the movement. And, um, you know, she's just she's just serving it all to me and I want her to keep it up. I love her a lot. She is an incredible live performance. Too. After Brody saw her live, he's like the biggest stand now. I, 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 my, my eyes, I was just like, it, it was, it was everything. Baby works. She's, she's amazing. But I love that, you know, you can be an activist and you can be, you know, a model for inclusivity. I just love that she's all the things. And she's a yeah. recent college graduate this year. Yeah. Snaps, snaps. Uh, my intention, I loved uh, Stephanie Beatrice uh, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Griffin Newman, who both said that because they played cops on TV, they were making donations to the cause on Blackout Tuesday. They made donations to the National Bail Fund Network as people have been protesting police brutality and been incarcerated after that. And she said, if I'm an actor who plays a detective on TV, if you make tens or thousands of dollars a year in residuals from playing a cop, like you should make a donation. So I think it would be incredible to see other people who have played cops, whether on TV or movies. I mean, we've got Jake Gyllenhaal, Russell Crowe, Sylvester Stallone, Mariska Hargitay, Chris Maloney, Andy Samberg, Sophia Bush to make donations to the cause. I think it could really go a long way. Now let's talk about the news. Let's dive into these protests that have been going on for several days. We've seen a lot of celebrities at these protests, Ariana Grande, Rachel Lindsay, Halsey, and thousands of people have been taking to the streets across the U.S. to demand justice for George Floyd and advocating for the Black Lives Matter movement. As we discussed earlier, George was restrained in police custody in Minneapolis at the end of May, and his death has sparked outrage across the country, and a number of celebrities have spoken out against police brutality and racial inequality on social media. I think we've seen some surprising celebrities who we did not expect to see out there, but then people we've always seen who are outspoken about causes like this, John Cusack, we've seen Kendrick Sampson, Anna Kendrick, Machine Gun Kelly, Portia Williams, again, we're going to talk to her later in this podcast. Jamie Foxx has been at a rally in Minneapolis. Nick Cannon has been in Minneapolis. Halsey has been out there. She's been sharing on social media. She shared several images on Instagram saying that people were, she was helping treat people because there was a lack of medical workers and medical supplies. She said that people were being hit with rubber bullets, physically assaulted relentlessly, even though they were peaceful protesters and tear gassed. And so she had been helping in there and she reiterated her dad is a black man, her mom's an EMT. And this week she had to put these two associations together in ways that have horrified her. And of course she accompanied that with the hashtag Black Lives Matter. We've also seen Tanase, Kalani, Paris Jackson, uh, David Schwimmer and his ex have taken to the streets in these protests. Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas, a source told us Ben wants to continue to be a model for his children. They talk about these important issues. We've seen Kiki Palmer, mm-hmm. who implored the National Guard at a protest in L.A. yesterday, as captured by NBC's Gaddy Schwartz. Let's listen to a clip of that. Saying once the looting starts, the shooting starts. You have a president talking about the Second Amendment as a use for people to come out here and use firearms against the people that are protesting. This is the messages that we're seeing. I don't know if you on social media because the news don't tell you everything. But you have to pay attention to what's going on. Or else we're gonna we have a, a president that's trying to incite a race war. And when the borders are closed, we can't leave. You have people in here that need your help. This is when you and y'all, y'all stand together with the community, with society to stop. To, to stop 
the governmental oppression. Period. We need you. So, so then march with us. March beside us. You, you get your people. Y'all march beside us. March beside us. March beside us. Let the revolution be televised. March beside us and show us that you're here for us. Now, for you three, have you been surprised by anyone we've seen who's used their voice? Because we've seen a lot of celebrities speak out to varying degrees. Some have talked a lot on social media. Some have just done a little bit more of a virtue signaling Blackout Tuesday post. But some have shared they've even been arrested. What about you three? Have you been um, surprised by anyone speaking out who you didn't expect to take a stand on this? Hmm. Good question. I mean, you mentioned David Schwimmer. That name sort of perked my name up. I didn't know he was out on the streets, but I appreciate him. Yeah, that was surprising. I also like that Cole Sprouse revealed. That mm-hmm. was interesting to me. Sarah, I thought of you because I know you're a Riverdale fan. Yeah, it's been the Riverdale. It's been interesting because also Vanessa Morgan, who is the only Black series regular on Riverdale, has been really vocal on Twitter, calling out her own show for not, you know, giving characters of color prominent storylines and kind of using them for the ads and to like look like the show's diverse when really she's kind of like Tony, her character is sort of just like the sidekick and the girlfriend of She's just like the singer. Yeah, and Josie, who from Josie and the Pussycats, which everyone yeah. knows in Archie Comics, she was on the show for the first couple of seasons, but again, wasn't really utilized. And now she's on the spinoff, which I have not watched, so I can't speak to, but Lucy Hale is technically the star of the spinoff, not <laughs> Josie. So yeah. it's, you know, it, I thought it was interesting that she was calling out her own show. And then she made a point to tweet and say, because I'm sure the Riverdale fans, they're very dedicated. So then they you know, started tweeting at people like KJ Appa and Cole Sprouse. And she was like, no, 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 they don't write the show. They're my <laughs> friends and they're out here supporting me. So it's it's just an interesting generation like uh, to talk to people younger and have them try to figure out where to put their anger and their voices. It's it's They look to people like that for a lot of directions. So they're very powerful. Yeah. And I think right Cole, who's 27 and has a huge following, he was, he explained on Instagram, he said, you know, before the, the voracious horde of media sensationalism decides to somehow turn it about me, there's a clear need to speak about the circumstances. Black lives matter. Peace, riots, looting are an absolutely legitimate form of protest. He said he was among a group of people detained when standing in solidarity for the Black Lives Matter movement. We also saw Jamie King said that she was arrested um, on Tuesday while protesting. She's been in the news recently for completely unrelated issues uh, related to her divorce from her strange husband, Kyle Newman. But she was in the news now as she shared that she was arrested for protesting in support of Black Lives Matter movement. She said she was part of a peaceful protest and she was, um, everyone was, she was riding in handcuffs from the back of a bus and that they were taken to the 77th precinct in San Pedro and not being taken good care of. As she said, women had no access to vital meds, bathrooms, bleeding through their pants, and that they were being laughed at. She accompanied that with the hashtag Black Lives Matter caption. Someone else who surprised me, this is like not as, I don't know, but Randall Emmett and Lala Kent or have been at protests the last couple of days in LA. And it's just been interesting to see how Bravo like celebrities have been either using their platform well or not well, however you want to say it. But they, those two, that kind of surprised me seeing Randall out there in the streets with a mask and a sign and like several days in a row. Yeah, I think very interesting. Also, Vanderpump Rules has been critiqued so much for being such a white show and really only sparingly using people of color. So interesting that Lala is out there. um, And Max and Brett, who were like the new cast members this season, before the show even started airing, their old tweets came up using the word and using racial slurs. And they addressed that on the reunion last night, which was filmed like over a month ago, but came up 
So that was all interesting. I was also interested in Madison Beer out there protesting and getting arrested and getting in with all of it. She she really just looked like really fierce out there and like she cared. She was screaming. I just, I don't know why I didn't expect that from her because her songs are so poppy, but I love yeah. seeing her out there. She is such a big platform with younger people too. And my, my, my favorite person on the planet, David Dobrik. <laughs> he's been out there he also donated he like posted he donated over 50 grand to different organizations he's been i it's he's like one of those people that i really feel like people might my parents they don't even know who he is and he is like a direct line to generation z yeah and he's just a good person too yeah we also saw chrissy Teigen revealed that she's donating she was donating money to help pay for bail for people who are arrested while protesting george floyd's death at first she said on twitter i loved her tweet in celebration of whatever the maga night is i am committed to donating a hundred thousand dollars to the bailouts of protesters across the country well you don't mess with chrissy because somebody tried to uh, refer to the people as rioters and criminals. And she said, ooh, they might need more money than make it $200,000, which I thought <laughs> was so perfectly Chrissy. I love that. Yeah, no, she's awesome. And I loved that, you know, some celebrities are being criticized for, for not being out and not marching. But you know what? It's I think that everybody is fighting you know, or not fighting. But the people who are, who are, who are part of this movement, you don't have to be in the streets. If you pony up $200,000 to help bail out people who are arrested, you're part of the fight. And I, I respect Chrissy for, for being there. Yeah. And then on the other hand, we have Stephanie Pratt, who's revealed herself to be a total fucking idiot um, <laughs> as she took to Twitter and wrote, shoot the looters using this tragedy as their excuse to rob and burn all of our towns down. I'm Stephanie Pratt, former star of The Hills. Who knows former. if we'll see her on the next... Former, well, former, canceled, canceled. Uh, now. Yeah, well, The Hills is unfortunately coming back. Um, Which unclear. is not relevant right now, but like, what is even happening with The Hills season two? Oh, like, God. Uh, what I happened mean, with season uh, one? Yeah, I, I didn't even watch it. How did it get a I season two? I unfortunately did watch it. How, how did it get a season two? And we heard that she's not going to be coming back that much, which is great because guess what? People, but st- people still uh, know her because... Sarah, um, what what did they do on social media when she shared this um, not so smart uh, insight? Well, it took about two seconds for people yeah. to find a mugshot of hers from when she was arrested for shoplifting. Amazing. Yeah, four, Fourteen years ago. That's right. And people wrote, "Did you really tweet this for the world to see? Knowing you got arrested for looting, that's wild." Right. Um, she, yeah. She in two thousand six, she was taken into police custody. She stole more than one thousand three hundred dollars worth of clothing from a Neiman Marcus store in Hawaii with a friend, and she was charged with theft and drug possession at the time. That was that was. I was really, gonna say that uh, was definitely when she was like having substance abuse issues. Oh yeah, she was also arrested in October two thousand nine for driving under the influence after attending Heidi Montag's birthday. She served three years of probation. So really, really interesting. On the other hand, you have someone like Kelly Clarkson, who chimed in about the protest. She shared a picture of a video of police officers apparently using excessive force on demonstrators in Kansas City. And she was asking, where are the free speeches on this? You know, the ones that constantly defend the First Amendment, but only use this defense when it serves their purpose. And then she told people who were clapping back at her that they shouldn't be focusing on stories of looting and destruction, but instead of the bigger issues on hand. She said, okay, so for the few that didn't understand me in the last tweet, I'm asking people to stay focused on the point of all this. Black lives matter, not the looters who are taking advantage of these protests. These protests and this message is too important to get overshadowed. It's interesting seeing someone like Kelly Clarkson, who is a very white celebrity, who we think of in a very white space, 
And someone like Lana Del Rey, who has thought she's very informed about these issues, now put her foot in her mouth. Again, we've seen Kalani and Tanache call out Lana Del Rey when she was sharing images of looting and burning cars, people breaking into businesses and running out with the merchandise. Kalani tweeted to Lana Del Rey, please remove your Instagram post. It's dangerous as fuck and a very poor choice of moments to post. By all means, protest, but do not endanger people with your massive platform and turn your comments on because Lana apparently turned her comments off. Tanache wrote, why the fuck are you posting people looting stores on your page? Literally, what is your problem? Lana subsequently deleted the post and people said that she was choosing to film protesters and post their uncensored faces to a platform of 16.5 million followers. This is obviously very dangerous. And Kalani was one of the artists that Lana had name-checked in a very controversial statement she shared on Instagram nearly two weeks prior when she complained that Kalani, Cardi B, Camila Cabello, Doja Cat, Ariana Grande, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj have had number ones with songs about being sexy, wearing no clothes, fucking, cheating, etc. And she wants to go back to singing about being embodied, feeling beautiful or being in love, even if the relationship isn't perfect without being crucified or saying she's glamorizing abuse. Very confusing what she's trying to do there, particularly when she was clapping back and saying she's not racist with her white feminism. Travis, what were your feelings about this? I know we've been Lana fans, so to see her really show her ass on this has been quite troubling. It's so sad. We've been fans, I think, since the first time we heard her witch-like voice coming yes. out of that thing yes. after she bought that new face after the Pre-summertime first Pre-summertime sadness. Pre-summertime sadness, because she came out with her first album. It didn't work. She bought a new face. Bigger lips. Like, bigger lips. Bigger lips. Bigger lips, nose job, cheek implants, all that. <laughs> no, I mean, alleged implants. Alleged I mean, impl- Brody, I mean, two people have eyes that have gotten I'll just, I'll just say Botox and lips. Botox and lips. Okay, a little bit more than that <laughs> to transform a whole face. But, I mean, she always seems, like, really cool, really, like, one with, like, marginalized people. So Smart. I Smart. I thought her, she was very perfected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... It, it was definitely distressing and and disappointing stick to eyeliner stick to eyeliner and keep your mouth shut yeah she is working on new music going back to kelly clarkson it reminded me maren morris who i love shared something interesting yesterday she posted a link back to i don't know how old she is and i can't remember her name but like a young black woman who wrote all about how much she loves country music but how she sometimes feels uncomfortable at country music like festivals and concerts and stuff And like to call to like country musicians to kind of make their stance known and try to stand up for their fans who go to their shows to feel comfortable. And it was just another interesting perspective. And I loved that she shared that. And I saw like Dan and Shay were commenting to the girl. Like it was just another, something you don't think about as going to a concert, especially something fun, how someone could feel so uncomfortable in an environment that makes you feel so happy. Absolutely. And we know a number of black and brown people are trailed by employees and managers in stores when they're just trying to shop. And SZA, the singer SZA, Travis, I know you love her as well. Oh, she's so great. Huge fan, dying for another album. But she's talked about this discrimination she's experienced before. She said it had happened in Sephora last year uh, in Calabasas. But she said recently she was shopping for dog food in the Palisades and someone was treating her, trying to remove her from a plaza in the Palisades because they thought she was a rioter. And that they told her to leave. And this was a white man. And she said that she was in tears between the lock and load rhetoric on her neighborhood app and being pushed out of a public space for being considered a rioter, which is 
completely insane, but a reality that a lot of black and brown people experience every day. Gwen, I know on Stylish, we've covered what's been going on with Virgil Abloh, the oh, Louis Vuitton wow. men's artistic director. What's, what's going on there, if you can explain it for us? So Virgil posted that he was donating $50 to, to a bailout fund, and he got completely slammed because Virgil Abloh, who started the brand Off-White and was the creative director of Louis Vuitton, for many years is obviously a very, very wealthy human and a wealthy black man at that. And he got completely slammed. So he has since spoken out that he actually has donated a lot more than $50. He just wasn't vocal about it. But, you know, I think it's a wake up call because when you are someone who has a platform, a voice, and certainly means, if you're not walking the walk, but you talk the talk, people are going to notice. Yeah, and he had also been very critical of the looters and had been talking about people who had ransacked stores. And he had to apologize about that as well. He said, he, I apologize that it seemed like my concern for those stores outweighed my concern for our right to protest injustice and express our anger and rage at this moment. So I think it's been, it's, it's interesting that he's corrected that as it seemed like he was putting um, a priority on property over people. Totally. People, and, and yeah. you know, I, I live in, in Tribeca, New York City. I walked through Soho yesterday, which is my backyard and where I am, you know, I'd say 70% of my life. And every single high-end store is, is boarded up. They were taking their inventory out of the stores. It was very peaceful. It's almost like it's, it's part of the movement and there is an understanding and it's not, I don't see other high-end fashion brands making a statement that they're, that they're victimized. I think that it was like, it came from a very victimization standpoint and that's why Virgil got slammed. Let's yeah. hope that he has learned his lesson. Yeah. We've also seen a lot of white celebrities talk about how they're speaking about this in their family. Thomas Rhett and Lauren Aikens um, spoke out and they said, you know, they've adopted their daughter, Willa. And they said, he said, as a father of a black daughter and also two white daughters, I've struggled with what to say today about the death of George Floyd. He said, we've navigated forms of racism directly. And while there is mostly overwhelming support and love for our family, sometimes there's just the opposite. Because of that fear, it can be a lot easier to choose silence, but today I'm choosing to speak. said, I have no clue what it feels like to be profiled by authorities, treated negatively, or have my life threatened because of the color of my skin. And he, he said, I'm heartbroken, angry, I get scared when I think about my daughters, what kind of world they'd be growing up in. I think it's, it's really helpful for people, especially to have this insight and for him to be so candid about how he navigates this. We've also seen January Jones talk about her eight-year-old son, Xander, standing with the Black Lives Matter movement. She said she wanted to give him an opportunity to do it in a small neighborhood protest to support his friends. Feels like he's part of the progress that will hopefully happen. She encouraged people to vote. We also saw Reese Witherspoon, the Big Little Lies star, talk about how she talked to her seven-year-old son, Tennessee, at dinner. Why the grown-ups were so upset. She said, we spoke to him about what happened to George Floyd. Being a white mother trying to explain racism and bigotry to her white son who did not understand why anyone would treat another human being that way was heartbreaking but not nearly as heartbreaking as being a victim of one of these senseless, violent, unconscionable crimes. Not nearly as heartbreaking as being one of the families who have experienced loss and harassment, discrimination daily. Not nearly as heartbreaking as being a mother who lives in fear of what will happen to her children in this world. I thought that was really powerful and great insight from Reese Witherspoon, who a ton of white women look up to. And we also saw Taylor Swift. One of her tweets became her most popular social media tweet. And she said, after stoking the fires of white supremacy and racism your entire presidency, you have the nerve to feign moral superiority before threatening violence. 
When the looting starts, the shooting starts, we will vote you out in November at real Donald Trump. The source told us that Taylor felt it was necessary to speak up against Trump in expressing her morals and values because she realizes how powerful her voice is and wanted to use it for the greater good. I think this is a new Taylor. If you've seen her documentary, we know this is a new and improved, more vocal Taylor who really cares about speaking out about social justice. Sarah, sorry to say it, Olivia Jade, she has made the comeback you were wanting for on social media, but what happened after she did that? Oh, girlfriend. Okay. So <laughs> it was so good for a few days. Yeah, she posted again, like last late last week, she posted like an, an IGTV makeup tutorial. And I was like, oh, like nice to see, you know, get some updates on her products. And then, you know, things escalated in the world. And she decided to weigh in, which I don't want to totally slam her for. Because she does have a million Instagram followers and a huge platform, and she's another direct line to young people. However, Olivia, my intention for you is to think about talking about the specific privilege that you, we all know that you have experienced and get benefited from. Because until you do that and recognize that publicly and acknowledge it, your you know Instagram graphics just don't really mean much. And I think that that's something... I've learned is that the least I can do is admit publicly and open start a dialogue about advantages I've gotten. Like it's not a dirty thing. I feel like right now it's like it's more than ever just to admit it and talk about it and learn from it and don't tiptoe around it. Like it's just girl, you gotta you gotta say it. Like you you went to USC for because of your mom and your dad. Like it's just it is what it is. Like lay it out there and then try to move the conversation forward. Yeah, I think definitely better that she said something. It would have been right. way worse if she said nothing. She said, as a person who was born into privilege based on my skin color and financial situation, I was not always aware that these issues were still so present. That makes me feel awful, but it also fuels me. But she wasn't like, mommy, daddy wrote me a $250,000 check or $500,000. You know, it it could have been more specific. She, she yes, is, is speaking about white privilege, but I think people wanted her to go a little bit further. She's like the face of white privilege. She's yeah. Under, yeah, yeah, she's under, she has to, like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, it, there has to just be some accountability on her end if she's going to start speaking about stuff like this, I feel like. But at the same time, yeah, she, she, she I'm happy she said something. Like, I, it's, yeah. it's, it's like you don't want to criticize every move everyone makes, right or wrong, because it is a learning process. But at the same time, like, it's just wild, like, everything that has happened in that family in the last couple of years. Hey, Travis, what happened on this day in pop culture history? Oh, you know, Brody, we have some Black excellence that has happened today on this day. Um, On this day in 2014, Colin Kaepernick signed a six-year extension to the San Francisco 49ers. Never thought I would say that on this this podcast, the San Francisco 49ers. I love how you pronounce his last name also. Kaepernick. 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 We are we're so sporty. Wow, look at look at us. We are so sporty, but listen, we should be sporty because his six year extension was worth one hundred and twenty six million dollars, with sixty one million guaranteed, and it was the most money for an NFL player ever. Oh, and also, uh, me too. And also today would have been Josephine Baker's birthday. She's known for, of course, dancing topless and wearing a banana skirt in Paris. Um, but I thought it was interesting about her because, you know, I write the bazometer and her celebrity fans are amazing. Pablo Picasso, Ernest Hemingway, and E.E. E. Cummings 
who dubbed her the Black Venus, would come see her. And then when she came back to perform in America, she faced hostility and racism with the audiences. So she returned to France and got citizenship there and became like the Beyonce of Paris. So (laughs) good for her. It's Josephine Baker. Josephine. Josephine Baker. (laughs) Colin Kaepernick and and Josephine Baker. But (laughs) thank you for both of those. That that was really good. You're welcome. we, We need to talk about this Leah Michelle situation. Oh. Because <laughs> Lee, Lee, it, it was, it was, yikes. The 28-year-old Hamilton star, oh, sorry, that was, that, that, that's a separate thing. That's, that's, she was not in Hamilton. She's she was not, 20. not in Hamilton. She, she's, she's from Scream, she was in Scream Queens and she's 33. She wrote on Twitter on Saturday, this was not an isolated incident. It must end hashtag Black Lives Matter about George Floyd's murder. Now, Samantha Ware, who was, on Glee, responded, LMAO, remember when you made my first television gig a living hell? Because I'll never forget. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig, amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. This is all in caps. Now, after this tweet, Amber Riley, who was also on Glee, um, she posted gifts of herself sipping tea. Alex Newell, who was on Glee, retweeted Samantha's message with a gift that said, get her Jade. Um, Alex also said, I'm going to say this one time when my friend goes through something traumatic, I also go through it. That's what friendship is. And if you can't understand that, then you're part of the problem. That's on period. And wow, Yvette Nicole Brown, who co-starred with Leah Michelle and the mayor, also responded to Samantha's message and said, I felt every one of those capital letters. Davier Snell, who was in a 2014 episode of Glee, retweeted Samantha's tweet and responded in caps, girl, you wouldn't let me sit at the table with the other cast members because I didn't belong there. You, Leah. So this was this was a lot. Even HelloFresh got in here because people said to them, how could you work with Leah Michelle? And HelloFresh said, HelloFresh does not condone racism nor discrimination of any kind. We are disheartened and disappointed to learn of the recent claims concerning Leah Michelle. Oh. We take this very seriously and have ended our partnership with Leah Michelle effective immediately. This was this all went down from Monday night to Tuesday, which was Blackout Tuesday, recognized by a lot of people. Now, Sarah Heron, what did Leah Michelle say when she returned to Instagram on Wednesday in a statement? Do you want me to read the whole thing? Let's go. Okay. One of the most important lessons of the last few weeks is that we need to take the time to listen and learn about other people's perspectives and any role we have played in anything we can do to help address the injustices that they face. When I tweeted the other day, it was meant to be a show of support for our friends and neighbors and communities of color during this really difficult time. But the responses I received to what I posted have made me also focus specifically on how my own behavior towards fellow cast members was perceived by them. While I don't remember ever making this specific statement, and I have never judged others by their background or color or their skin, that's not really the point. What matters is that I clearly acted in ways which hurt other people. Whether it was my privileged position and perspective that caused me to be perceived as insensitive or inappropriate at times, or whether it was just my immaturity and me just being unnecessarily difficult, I apologize for my behavior and for any pain which I have caused. We can all grow and change, and I have definitely used these past several months to reflect on my own shortcomings. I am a couple months from becoming a mother, and I know I need to take keep I know I need to keep working to better myself and take responsibility for my actions so that I can be a real role model for my child and so I can pass along these lessons and mistakes so that they can learn from me. I listen to these criticisms and I am learning. And while I am very sorry, I will be better in the future from this experience. Thoughts on this apology? Mm. I mean, like I said with Olivia Jade, like this is the time to not talk about like what you perceive someone did for you, what, 
you know, they might have thought happened to say, I've never judged someone. Like, it's embarrassing to say, I probably have. Like, but you, it, that's, this is the time to say that you, whether you did it on purpose or not, you've made, you've had biases in your life. You've made these decisions. You've been like unfair to people. You've treated people unfairly. Like, I, I can't believe she went with the, I don't remember. Thou doth protest too much. She just should have said, I'm sorry. Just yeah. apologize. And for the record, she is one of the people who you hear constant stories about what a monster she was towards other humans in the acting industry. That's all I'm going to say. You can't do an apology with the, how they perceived my actions to be. It just shows that she it's so really that's, it. that's not taking accountability. It shows it, a complete lack of accountability. You're both very correct. It's very housewives and they are not taking accountability. To quote Lisa Rinna, own it, own it. <laughs> own it, baby. It really felt like something like Ramona Singer. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're going to get to Ramona Singer in a little bit. But first, Eve, the rapper Eve, has been talking about how she and her husband, Maximilian Cooper, who is white, how they're seeing their relationship differently and, and going through some interesting conversations. She said, I'm having some of the most difficult and uncomfortable conversations I think I've ever had and vice versa with my husband. She said, but at the same time, it's a beautiful thing because I don't know his life through his eyes. He doesn't know my life through my eyes. All he can do is try to understand, try to ask the questions. If he wants to understand, that's the nation. That's what the world has to do. It's going to be uncomfortable. We have to be okay with being uncomfortable so we can get to a solution. But it's interesting, speaking of the real, Amanda Seals is on the real, and she just announced that six months after making her debut there as the fifth host of the real, now she she replaced Tamar Braxton, that she her contract is up and she did not renew it because it doesn't feel good to her soul to be in a place where she cannot speak to the people the way they need to be spoken to. And the people who are speaking to me in despairing ways are not being handled. Oh, um, I didn't see this. Ha- have you seen her on Insecure, by the way? Have you guys watched yes, Insecure? I love Insecure. I'm behind. I, I'm behind. Travis, so don't say anything. I'm like a, okay. I'm like a, a whole season behind. But She's she actually great. shared a, She actually shared a very relevant video the day before Blackout Tuesday talking about how we should not, as non-Black people, be asking Black people to be educating us and doing the heavy lifting and the work of teaching us about how Black people have been oppressed. Let's listen to that. People don't call me to tell you what to read. Don't call me to tell you how to spend your Blackout Tuesday. Did you know that there's some shit going on tomorrow where Black executives at the record companies have asked that white-owned companies take tomorrow to educate themselves and be a part of protests? And so I had somebody call me asking me to tell them what to read. I don't got the time. I'm on my trampoline. This is my time. Now it's time for you to take your time to figure out how to do all the shit that you should have been doing. You know what I had to do? I've had to research my own history and my own background because I live in America where they tried everything in their fucking power to keep my people from knowing where we're from so that we don't know what to stand on and what to fight for. So now it's time for you to put your energy into doing that. You know how much I know about the Holocaust? I know a whole lot about the Holocaust and I'm proud to know all that about the Holocaust. But guess what? I want people to know about our Holocaust and how we are still in the midst of one. And no, I'm not going to provide you with a reading list. No, I'm not going to sit down and have a salon style discussion about black intellectualism and how, you know, black oppression has taken place and discrimination and oppression. No, because I don't know how to fuck. You didn't know about it until now. So really, I hope that you all take tomorrow to sit and get centered on how the fuck you didn't know. Why is this all new to you? Now, among those things you could have been doing on Blackout Tuesday, and I read this terrific piece on this blog called Inside the Candy Dish that encouraged people, as Amanda did, to read up on the history we've been able to ignore. 
To listen to Black Experiences, follow Black Tragedies as much as you follow Black Trends, make donations to bailout money, donations to Black art, labor, and knowledge, stop sharing videos of police officers murdering Black people, call out racist family members and apathetic friends. Of course, you can also be amplifying Black voices, checking in on your Black friends and loved ones, supporting Black-owned businesses and restaurants which have somehow survived a pandemic that disproportionately affected Black and brown communities because of systemic racism and structural inequalities. We could be doing this on Blackout Tuesday and moving forward. I also have read a couple of years ago, Ijoma Olu's So You Want to Talk About Race, a fantastic book that I recommend to other people and I've given to friends that really helped me um, shape my views and advance my views uh, and help dismantle some of my own privilege. Sarah, there have been some things you reading about watching. Can you share a little bit about what you've been watching? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that we've seen all over Instagram, which is great, is like a list of podcasts and books and shows and stuff. But it's one thing to just like repost the list and it's another thing to actually watch them. So I'm trying to put my money where my mouth is and like watch some things that I probably should have watched a long time ago. One of those things I watched was When They See Us, which is the four part oh, okay. um, miniseries on Netflix about the 1989 Central Park jogger case in which five young black boys were falsely accused and prosecuted on rape and assault charges. And I mean, it's like and really hard to watch, you know, how they were treated by the justice system, both when they were being like based like blackmailed into saying the false confessions and stuff. And it 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 just showed like how soft I really am because I like couldn't even like look at the screen. Um but it, that was really important to watch and just really well done. I also listened to, you know, as a bachelorette girl, I listened to Rachel Lindsay's new podcast with Von Lathan, Higher Learning. And this was really interesting because it sort of just felt like I got to eavesdrop on like two smart, funny, educated people who know a lot more than me and just like eavesdrop on their conversation. And it's like two voices that I don't hear enough of because I, it's on me. So that was just really interesting to listen to. And Rachel was at protests in Miami and they talked about what they're seeing on Instagram and how it makes them feel. And it was just a, a totally new perspective and one that I will be tuning into every week. And then the last one, this was a specific episode. Sophia Bush, who I also love, has a podcast and she re-aired an episode she taped last year with Melina Abdullah, who was one of the founders of Black Lives Matter and like original organizers. And it's just one crazy because it was taped over a year ago and it's like more relevant than ever. And it just talked a lot about how the movement was started and their their plans for more and the importance of it and just another perspective. And that specific podcast episode taught me a lot of things that I probably should have known a long time ago. Yeah, the, thank you for sharing that. I, and we've also saw on Black Eyed Tuesday, there were a number of black and white celebrities who posted black squares, including Mahershala Ali, Lupita Nyong'o, Idris Elba, Rihanna and her huge Fenty business, and white celebrities like Christina Aguilera, Olivia Wilde, Aaron Paul, Brian Cranston. Then, of course, we had some people showing what you should not do on Blackout Tuesday. And I'm not talking about the people who are hashtagging at Black Lives Matter or BLM, although you should not have been doing that. And obviously only hashtagging Blackout Tuesday. But there was, of course, on the other end of the spectrum, Alec Baldwin, who was defending, promoting his new podcast episode with Woody Allen on Blackout Tuesday. Wow. Way to really... Really, really missed the point. Um, he was like, he said, I had no idea about this national day of whatever. Great, great job, Alec. What way to prove <laughs> your um, asshole niche. Uh, we talked about Hannah B and I think we did that sufficiently. So let's move on to another topic because The weekend um, donated $500,000 to a number of organizations on Blackout Tuesday. He said to my fellow respected industry partners and execs, no one profits off of black music more than the labels and streaming services. I gave yesterday and I urge you to go big in public with yours this week. It would mean the world to me and the community if you could join us. 
Khalees shared a similar sentiment on Instagram on Tuesday and wrote, if the music industry wants to support black lives, labels and platforms can start with amending contracts, distributing royalties, diversifying boardrooms, and retroactively paying back all the black artists and their families they've built their empires on. Now, The Weeknd donated $200,000 to Black Lives Matter Global Network, $200,000 to Colin Kaepernick's Know Your Rights Camp Legal Defense Initiative, and $100,000 to National Bailout. In our own little Us Weekly aside, we've reported recently The Weeknd and Bella Hadid have been in touch recently, mm. which is, you know, maybe a chance. We could go for another, go for another round, those Wouldn't two. Wouldn't be mad about it. Wouldn't, wouldn't be mad about it. Interestingly, on Blackout Tuesday, we also saw people who consider themselves allies and who have spoken out about causes of social justice before. Still, it's a learning moment. Emma Watson responded after fans criticized her for matching her Blackout Tuesday post to her Instagram feed's aesthetic. She put a little white box around the black square that was used to show solidarity for the Black Lives Matter movement. And then she said, there's so much racism, both in our past and present, that is not acknowledged nor accounted for. And she said she'd been, she acknowledged she benefited from this and, and acknowledged people's anger and, and committed to doing better. Now, of course, we've also seen with the people talking about Black Lives Matter and speaking about this, we've seen people saying in response, clapping back with All Lives Matter, which is a confusing and sad response, considering it was only generated as a way to silence the request for Black Lives to be protected, acknowledged and deemed relevant enough to matter. Billie Eilish tried to explain this to white people and Pink shared her statements. Billie was saying to those who were writing about All Lives Matter, she said, no one is saying your life doesn't matter. No one is saying your life is not hard. No one is saying anything at all about you. All you MFs do is find a way to make everything about yourself. This is not about you. Stop making everything about you. You're not in need and you're not in danger. You are privileged whether, whether you like it or not. Society gives you privilege just for being white. If all lives matter, why are black people killed for just being black? Why are immigrants persecuted? Why is it okay for white people to protest literally being asked to stay at home while carrying semi-automatic weapons? Now, Ashton Kutcher also took to social media to talk about this. Let's hear what he said. So on Saturday, I posted a blackout of my social media channels and just posted BLM. And a lot of folks responded, all lives matter. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Because I don't think that the people that are posting All Lives Matter should be canceled. I think they should be educated. We all agree All Lives Matter. But I had a really poignant experience tonight when I was putting my kids down to bed that lent the words for why Black Lives Matter. So... Usually Mila and I put our kids to bed, we read them a book and our daughter always gets to go first. And tonight as we're reading her book, my son says, wait, uh, why, why don't I get to go first? And Mila said, because girls go first. And he said, yeah, but boys go first. And I looked at him, I said, no, girls go first. And I said, you know why girls go first? For you and me, girls go first. And the reason why is for some boys, girls don't get a go at all. And so for you and me, girls go first. So when it comes to Black Lives Matter, I think what folks that are writing All Lives Matter need to understand is that for some people, For some people, black lives don't matter at all. So for us, 
Black Lives Matter. So while you may have the best intentions in saying all lives matter, remember, for some people, black lives don't matter at all. Well, he definitely landed the plane at the end and it made sense, but that that was a couldn't He had carry. me, he lost me, but then he brought me back. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I mean, obviously, as, as an outlet, we've covered Ashton and Mila so much, so any insight into their parenting is hugely fascinating to us and their fans. So I was... Like, where is this going with the boys and girls and the girls go first? And then I sort of got where he was. Very emotional and, and appreciate that. We've also seen Ramona Singer, who came under fire for using All Lives Matter, and her co-star Leah McSweeney shared on Insta stories that she had this tone-deaf thing to say. And Ramona said she's taking the time to educate herself more on this topic. And Avery shared a documentary with her, uh, Ava DuVernay's Thirteen on Netflix so she can educate herself. Tracy Morrissey, the writer who initially called out what she thought were inconsistencies in Jamila Jamil's story, took to Instagram and cataloged what every Real Housewife has said in support of Black Lives Matter or the protests. There's been nothing from Lisa Gorga or, or Teresa. Well, Teresa finally uploaded on Tuesday a black square with an outline of a black heart with a caption, all my love and support, which frankly is virtue signaling performative uh, lip service bullshit. Um, but uh, Jennifer Aiden, Dolores Catania, Margaret Josephs, Jackie Goldschneider all said things. In the Real Housewives of Orange County cast, we have Bronwyn Wyndham Burke, who was out there protesting uh, Trump voting. Emily Simpson said she was disgusted by the brutality and murder of George Floyd, wanted to donate. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills had some response, a complicated response from Erica Jane, who was who called for the DA to bring charges against the cops who killed George Floyd, but also was defending her son, Tommy, who's an LAPD officer from trolls who were telling her that he was racist or that he was an officer. And she, she said he's not racist. Sarah, some confusing response from Kelly Ben Simone, former Real Housewives of New York cast member. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is a perfect example of Kelly Ben Simone. Not everyone is like looking to you to make a statement right away. So just sit with your thoughts for, for a minute and formulate what you're going to say and don't tweet like images of the of the traffic in the Hamptons and say the Hamptons right now what can we do to get together to stop protesting it wasn't even the Hamptons which is so crazy where did she get that picture like why why is she who knows obsessed? where she got that picture and then she posted this very long thing in the morning on Tuesday in the spirit of where we are today on June 2nd, I'm going to take my own time out. My girls and I have been working tirelessly with the food bank for over 12 years. We've worked at the pantry. We've served food. We've worked with seniors, the children, catered, cared for abused women, worked in the pantries. Ruby had read at that point. Worked during the holidays and went to the food bank and just like went on this long thing. There was no paparazzi, no press. I didn't help others because it was a tax shelter. I help others to help others. Like, just, that's, you're missing the point, girl. Yeah, and the Kelly Dodd, I think, struggled with the same thing. But we've seen all the cast of Potomac. Real Houses of Potomac made some mention of the support on social. There Marcel were some in Beverly Hills. Yes, yes. There were some very problematic responses from the Real Houses of Dallas cast, but no need to waste our breath on that. Atlanta, we've seen from Real House of Atlanta, we've seen Cynthia Bailey, Eva Marcel, Kenya Moore, and of course, former housewife Phaedra Parks has chimed in. But now we are at the section where we can reveal our chat with Portia Williams. Travis, talk to her. Travis, how was your chat with Portia before we listen? Oh my God, it was so great, Brody. The last time I talked to her, it was for that fitness thing in the magazine. And she was just a little more like lighthearted and sort of like all over the place talking about her new breast implants, like jiggling. Oh, and it wow, was just, yeah. And that was that interview, which I loved. But this interview, she 
her voice has changed. Her intentions have changed. She just has this fire and drive, which was so inspiring for me to hear yesterday. Well, let's listen to it now. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, I'm sure, busy day today to talk to us. No, that's all right. I appreciate it. Uh, well, so... Uh, well, thank you. Well, I want to know first, you know, why you're active in the protest. I'm, I'm being active in the protest because I stand with my brothers and sisters and I want to see change. You know, I, when I watched that video of George Floyd dying under the knee of an officer who was supposed to protect and serve him, it really made me feel a lot of pain along with my fellow protesters, a lot of rage and passion. And I really want to be able to use any bit of influence that I may have to be able to help those who don't have the voices to be heard. And so that is why I decided to go out and be on the front lines and stand amongst my people and my allies and try to fight for change. We need these police officers who killed George Floyd, all of them, the other three to be arrested Mm -hmm. and to be held accountable. We want any officer of the law who has taken part in excessive force and police brutality to be held accountable for what's happening to our people. That's what I want to hear. And I hope that that's what comes out of this. And how, you know, how long are you planning to do this? Are you going out tonight? What are the steps you're going to take? Well, right now I am organizing my mission. I definitely have been going out since last week. And it's been really important for me to do that. It's really important to be on the ground as you see, hear, and feel what my people are going through and what the protesters are doing and what the mission is. It is, of course, of love. It is, of course, one of them wanting justice, of course, of them wanting it to be known that enough is enough. We will not stand by and see another one of our brothers, our African-American brothers or sisters be killed senselessly. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's about focusing in and seeing how I can be most effective. So me going out and continuing to stand beside them to know that they are heard, I think you have helped. And for me also to use my social platform and be able to assist and to make people understand one of the most effective ways to be heard is voting. And so that is very, very important for me to get that message out so people know how to channel what they feel into real change. Absolutely. Go to vote.org, vote.gov, sign up, make sure you're registered for November to get these laws passed. And what other advice do you have for white... If they're not already registered, then it may be too late, but, you know, in Georgia, they can go ahead and start voting now for early voting. And then, of course, like you said, November 9th is the official day. Yes. And what what other advice do you have for white fans of Real Housewives who want to help and are inspired by you being out there and want to get involved? To just simply get involved. You know, inform yourself. Know what is going on in your area if you decide to take part in a march. If you would like to give to bail out some of the peaceful protesters. If you want to... You know, use your voice on your platform to get the message across. You know what the message is. And to just simply get involved. You mm-hmm. know, if anybody, anybody who saw what I saw, those eight minutes and 45 seconds of pure agony and pain that George Floyd went through and dying and being killed the way he did, it should 
move you to want to be active and want to make sure that you are being loud and clear and precise in your message that you want justice and that we want reform within our police system. And we want the people who are in power to hear it. And any allies that we may have of any different race, you can do the same. You can stand up, you can acknowledge and see yourself in the movement and take part. And how was it out there on the streets? Were you just filled with passion? Were you thinking about PJ? Were you scared? Tell me about your experience. You know, for me, my life is its no more important than my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no more important than anyone. I know, you know, people may call me a celebrity, etc. You know, my child's future is on the line. I'm a brand new mother. My mm-hmm. child's daughter is only one years old. Mm-hmm. And I fear for her future. I fear for her life. And living in her black skin, I fear for my other future children. I fear for my family members and people who I don't even know. You know, I did not know George Floyd personally, but I, I am African American just as he is. He mm-hmm. is my brother. Mm-hmm. And at this moment, we all, everyone across the world, we're fighting for humanity. We want injustice to come to an end now. And the people who have put this system together in order to systematically have racism against African-Americans, they're the ones to dismantle it. And so we want them to hear us and know that we're serious and there will be no rest unless there is justice. And what do you think about the curfew and are you planning on breaking it until the demands of the movement are met? Peaceful protesting is about doing, it can be done in a proper manner. If the state has a curfew, to people, protest would be to be in within that curfew. That issue that I had the other day was that we were out peacefully protesting well before the curfew was in place, and we were shouting gas bombs, and the uh, and, and, and it was pretty awful. And it just felt like we as protesters were being silenced. And so I would just ask for us to just be able to have the space you do that if we're being obedient if we're you know if we are are simply exercising our right to lift our voices in peaceful protest then we we just need to be allowed to do that and are we going to see any of this on the show and are you reaching out to some of the other housewives to take a stand with you i actually we're not filming and i really haven't thought about the show Mm -hmm. my number one focus has been getting justice for George Floyd, Mm -hmm. you know, it it really has, I really have one mind, one mission, and one goal, and that's with every breath I have in my body, since he doesn't have any breath left in his, he won't be able to sit at home and quarantine and be amongst his family, and they can't, they're not able to love on him, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that his death was not in vain, and so we want justice. We want those other police officers to be officers to be arrested and charged. The same as Breonna Taylor and anyone else who has suffered at the hands of an officer who stepped before and acted outside of his bed and killed an unarmed African American person. Period. True that. All right, and I got two more questions. Are you? Do you think you're even more impassioned because you're a legacy of civil rights activists, and do you feel that sort of flowing through you every day? Absolutely. I was a witness to my grandfather, Reverend Jose Williams, 
um, marching when I was very, very young. I know his history of being beside Martin Luther King. And, you know, he was known as the bull in the China cabinet. He was the one to rally everybody together, make sure the message is precise, focused, and make sure that the people were heard. And it is definitely in my blood. And I, it has definitely been activated through the pain and the hurt that I feel that my people are going through right now. And so I would be doing my legacy uh, injustice to just sit at home and not use the influence that I have. Portia the Bold Williams has a ring to it. And my last question is, you know, I know you're getting lawyers for people who have been arrested in the protest. Where do you want people to donate funds if they're if they want you today? What organization do you want them to go to and give some money? Well I would like people to if you or know someone who has been arrested while peacefully protesting mm-hmm. to email help us at NewCivilRights.org. Help us at NewCivilRights.org. Yes. All right, good. I want that out there too. And Portia, I cannot thank you enough for helping our listeners get inflamed about this and impassioned and involved. And I'm just overwhelmed by how amazing you're doing. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Travis, that was a great chat. Thank you. And thank you to Portia for taking a break from her activism to speak with us and to share her words with our listeners. Guys, you know what it's time for? We're going to close out with 25 Things You Don't Know About Me. I've gone into the archive. I'm worried that we might have done this list, so I have a backup list. Um, But I have pulled this from our issue in July 2016, not too long ago. And listeners, my co-hosts are going to try to guess who this person is we did a 25 Things You Don't Know About Me list with. And maybe you can guess as well. Number one, I've been told I have a real knack for impersonating people. Number two, Ariana I love to Grande. No. Number two, I love to sing, especially to my boys. Number three, I got my driver's license when I was 30. Number four. Jimmy Fallon. First, no. Number four, my first job was at Burger King. Number five, what I miss most about New York City is the near, nearness of everything. Number Michael six, K. No. Number six, my favorite app on my phone is FaceTime. It's the best way to spend time with the twins when they aren't on set with me. Number seven, Asian food is my favorite. Number eight. I still don't know how I feel about being the only female in the house. Number nine, my current favorite artists are Anoni, Carla Morrison, and Christine the Queens. Number 10, Instagram is currently the most used social media app on my phone. Number 11, my favorite way to end the day is with a beautiful glass of wine or a decadent bowl of green grapes. How healthy. So Number decadent. 12, so, <laughs> so, I so healthy. Why? Number 12, I prefer lunch food for breakfast. Number 13, my ideal day is spent with family. Everyone is well-rested, in a great mood, laughing at each other. Is it Garcelle? No, laughing at each other's other's jokes. It's 78 degrees, very precise. Food comes out on time, perfectly cooked. After the day is over, we all say goodbye, grateful. Number 14, my favorite city is Paris. Number 15, humility inspires me. Number 16, sake gets me in trouble. Number 17, my sisters are my best friends. We run a production company together. Number 18, I love routines. Number 19, I like doing my own stunts. Number 20, I don't have feeling in one of my fingers after almost losing it when I fell off my bike as a kid. Number 21, my current indulgence is meditation. Number 22, I don't like when my nails are long. Number 23, my favorite days of the week are Thursday and Friday. People are usually in a better mood. Number 24, (laughs) number 24, I'm always meticulous about hygiene. Number 25, my husband 
my children are my everything. Wow. This person is so like put together and they're a New Yorker, I assume, because they didn't get their twins. Totally. Totally. But who has twins? Twin boys? I don't know, except for Garcia. It shouldn't be that hard, I feel like. Amy Poehler. No. Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker? Ryan Carey. No, no, but good guess. McCannon? No, this is a woman. Oh. <laughs> yeah. A ship production company with her sister. She does all oh, of God. Her Do you want me to give up and give it to you? Give it to yeah. us. Give it to us. Zoe Saldana. Oh, oh my God. Uh, She's such yeah. a stunt woman. That's oh. right. That checks out. Good one. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Of the Crossroads fame. Great, mil- great film. <laughs> and our stage well that's it for today thank you for joining our hot hollywood podcast this week we hope that you join us again next week and whether you listen on spotify tune in on itunes or stream this podcast some other way we hope you're enjoying it or maybe even learning something from it after all we do try to deliver the hottest most relevant news to you each week please share like subscribe tell a friend about this weekly news podcast and please tell us Find us on social media. There aren't an abundance of Brody Brown, Gwen Flamberg, Travis Cronin, or Sarah Hurons who work at us. There is that one from The Bachelor, but ignore her. On Instagram or Twitter. And let us know your thoughts, what you want to hear more of, or maybe who you want to hear from. Otherwise, we hope you join us again next week on Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Bye-bye.